Hey everybody, I'm Mike McDonald. My buddy Jesse Stratton loves some of the cheesiest movies ever made. He spent years telling me about them all, so now I'm finally watching these movies for the very first time. This is our podcast where we break those movies down together. This is the Celluloid Dumpster Fire. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's our Halloween show. Today we are talking about the 1994 horror comedy Shrunken Head, a movie about the intersection of love, organized crime, and voodoo. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good combo. Yeah. And this movie is so far out there. It's a full moon production directed by Richard Elfman, so there is no way this isn't going to be just completely off the wall. Yeah, no, it was was like out the gate. This is going to be crazy. Yeah, and it also got the Rift Tracks treatment in 2021. Hell yeah. Movies rated R runs an hour and 26 minutes. It has no critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, but it got a 26% audience score. Because it's just dumb fun. Yeah. Leave your brain at the door. Don't even criticize. Like, you know, just it's going to be a shitty movie, but it's so out there that you're just going to go with it and have fun. Yeah. Movie was made on a budget of $800,000, and there was a theatrical release planned, but Full Moon Pictures was going broke again, so Mm -hmm. that got canceled. And Richard Elfman eventually just paid for the L.A. premiere out of his own pocket. Directed by Richard Elfman, who, of course, is uh, the brother of Danny Elfman and co-founder of the performance troupe, the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo, which would later morph into the eclectic 80s and 90s band Oingo Boingo, best known for the college radio hit Dead Man's Party. We talked about these folks in Forbidden Zone. Yeah, which uh, I think it was co-wrote by like uh, Richard Elfman and the same guy that helped them with uh, Forbidden Zone. Yes, yes. Uh, Forbidden Zone was episode episode 56. That was a while ago. Story concept by Charles Band, who is responsible for a bunch of the movies that we've discussed over the last three years including our very first movie, Laser Blast, and uh, The Ginger Dead Man 3, Saturday Night Cleaver. Yeah, me, uh, that guy has a lot to answer for, for making me the way I am. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> so much about Jesse makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, I would have been a nice uh, boy or whatever, you know, a uh, productive member of society, but that damn uh, Richard Band and Charles Band and all that, you know, garbage yeah Mm. (laughs) was story was written by matthew bright known for the forbidden zone he played squeeze it henderson also known for ted bundy and freeway freeway is great that's a great movie i don't i haven't seen it of course i haven't seen i haven't seen any of the stuff that we talked about (laughs) Uh, the main theme to the movie was written by danny elfman uh, best known for scoring 20 Tim Burton films, yeah, including Edward Scissorhands and Pee-wee's Big Adventure, along with Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, 
in Gus Van Sant's award-winning film Goodwill Hunting and Milk. Uh, the music in this movie is just Edward Scissorhands. The music he did for Edward Scissorhands, but he just kind of like changed it like a beat here and there. Well, the rest of the film was scored by Charles Band's bro- brother, Richard. Yeah, that's like all orchestral like kind of stuff, right? right? Yeah. When the heads are flying around and shit. Right. But yeah. Yeah, there the, there is some Edward Scissorhands like uh stuff in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Charles Band's first film score was for Laser Blast in 1978. Since then, he's composed the score for a whole bunch of Charles Band productions, including Reanimator and the Puppet Master franchise, as well as mainstream releases like Stargate uh, SG-1 and Walker, Texas Ranger. Because we can't watch a movie without talking about those two TV shows. Yeah, I keep a lot of people fed. Special effects coordinator John Kazan. Special effects are super cheesy in this movie. Don't worry, he got better because he also worked on Tales from the Dark Side, Freddy's Nightmare, Beverly Hills 90210, Batman and Robin, Constantine, Arrested Development, the Iron Man franchise, The Dark Knight, Inception, and The Avengers. Damn. I don't know. There are like some of the makeup. In here, like the when they got like uh, the corpse, when everybody gets, yeah, burning, you know, we're gonna that yeah, looks the really zombie good. makeups are really, really good, but like the, the green other screen stuff, stuff is stupid, yeah, it's horrible, it's really <laughs> stupid. <laughs> the giant soup cans were okay, yeah. <laughs> Movie stars Julius Harris as Mr. Sumatra, he is a very imposing character actor from 1964 to 1997. He appeared in the first Roger Moore James Bond film, Live and Let Die, as T. He. <laughs> he was in the Civil War miniseries, The Blue and the Gray, Friday the 13th, the series, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Oh, and he was also in the 1976 remake of King Kong. He also uh, was the guy responsible for doing the voodoo curse and Maniac Cop 2. Yes, and making that guy a zombie, so he's, he's still doing it. He's still making, like, voodoo zombie soldiers. Yes, he is. I mean, when you're good at something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get to Carnegie Hall? Uh, Practice. No, you make a lot of zombies. You make a lot of zombies, okay. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no <it's pretty> <laughs> Elizabeth Herbst as Sally. She had a few bit parts in the 90s drama series. Before landing the role of Elizabeth Weber Baldwin on General Hospital, a role that she has played in 2,215 episodes over the last 26 years. Like I said, when you find you're something you're good at. Do it, do it, do it. Meg Foster is Big Mo. She was a perennial guest star throughout the 70s before replacing Loretta Swit as Christine Cagney on Cagney and Lacey, and she would later be replaced by the only person anyone remembers as Christine Cagney. She would be replaced by Sharon Glass. Uh, She appeared as Evil Lynn in the 1987 Masters of the Universe. Hell yeah. I saw that last weekend. Really? Because there was fuck all on TV. Yeah. (laughs) It's, I don't know. I liked it, but I was a kid when I saw it and shit. And I grew to appreciate it because of the history behind the movie and shit. What like all yeah. happened, you know, making it. 
Yeah, and, uh, Dolph Lundgren is he man? Yeah, Cannon pitchers like I just love because they were like when they missed they missed, but when they hit it was like fire, you know. Yeah, she also um, appeared in a lot of our staples. Uh, she was in Star Trek Deep, Deep Space Nine, Sliders, Hercules: The Legendary Journeys, Xena: Warrior Princess, Twin Peaks, and Jeepers Creepers Three. And Lee Allen Baker as Mitzi. Now, although she had bit parts in a number of series, including that 70s show, Charmed, Boston Legal, and My Name is Earl, she found a lot more success as a voice actor in video games. And you can hear her in Star Trek Voyager Elite Force, Command and Conquer Renegade, X-Men Legends, EverQuest 2, God of War 2, Gears of War 2, Mass Effect and Star Wars The Old Republic. Damn, I played a lot of those. <laughs> and the rest of these folks, um, yeah, they they they're folks that I think I've seen somewhere, but no, not really. Uh so the kid actors, I remember seeing them like in commercials growing up. Yeah. And shit. And uh I think the main kid, I've seen him in a bunch of like movies and shit, especially like the new line cinema stuff. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I can't really, a lot of people in there are just kind of like, uh, what do you call them? Like, they're those, those guys, you know, you see them in everything yes. and they're always like a junkie on like Law and Order. Or If their like, character you know, has a name, they only have a first name. Yeah. Or they're like, you know. Or their last name is a number. One. Yeah. Number. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yep. We get opening credits against a backdrop of orange Halloween smoke as Dan and a Danny Elfman theme. Tommy is mopping the floor in his dad's grocery store. His friend Bill Turner arrives to tell him about a new batch of comic books that just arrived at Mr. Sin Sumatra's newsstand. I keep wanting to say Sinatra, but it's Sumatra. <laughs> Young guy rides by on his bike and is stopped by members of the Vipers gang. So this is like straight out of the 1950s or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they want him to pay protection money to ride his bike on this street. That's when Tommy and Bill arrive to try to defend the new kid, which causes Vinny and his goons to threaten to beat them up too. So Mario, Super Mario, pulls up in his truck <laughs> <laughs> and gets out with a pipe wrench. A plumber pulls up and gets out with a pipe wrench. And breaks the whole thing up. Billy and Tommy help the new kid up. Of course, the new kid has asthma. It's only going to come into play this one time. His name is Frederick Marion Thomas, but they can call him Freddy. And the three of them head over to Mr. Sumatra's to get new comic books. At his newsstand, Mr. Sumatra has a new flavor of jelly beans for Bill. Apparently, uh, the fat kid loves jelly beans. I get it. <laughs> I totally get it. My wife and I went to Gatlinburg one one year on our vacation, and the main street in Gatlinburg is lined with candy shops, oh, and yeah. all of them sell Jelly Belly jelly beans. And it's not my fault that they put huge bags in there and tell you to get the ones you want. If they didn't want me to fill the bag, they shouldn't have made it so big. <laughs> Plus, <laughs> it's like all of the, the the designer flavors and shit, like buttered popcorn, right? Or ketchup. Right. 
So I filled this bag up and this kid, this kid behind the counter, he puts it on the scale because you pay for him by the pound. And he goes, it's $48. You don't have to buy it if you don't want to. I said, I went to the trouble of putting them in the bag. Of course, I'm going to buy the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so man. I bought a buttload, a metric buttload of jelly beans. I get I it. Seen, uh, I seen somebody do that. When I went to Gallenberg, they bought like a big ass bag of jelly beans. Yeah. They don't make it they don't make it two steps out of the store before that bag rips open. Oh my like god. A thousand birds out of nowhere just came down and started cleaning that <laughs> shit up. <laughs> I had to been cooking some birds. <laughs> Those birds on that strip, like with all them stores, that's all it they're just waiting for like candy and like all that <laughs> they got up here and pencils, the nachos. Those people, the, the the people that go there, they just leave it on the street. And those birds are fucking vicious. Yeah. I bet. Jesus. Well, my, my jelly bean bag survived. And, and it took me, it took me a little while. I'm not going to say how, uh, how long because it was a embarrassingly short amount of time. But <laughs> it took me a while to eat all those jelly beans. <laughs> you buy the ticket, man. You got to take the ride. That's it. Cut to the boys reading comic books. Freddy has the Flash Annual Volume 2, Number 6, Undercover Angel, which was published in July of 1993. Nice. Tommy and Bill are arguing whether Crypto or the Green Lantern is cooler when the Vipers show back up. Now, Vinny takes their comic books, and that's when Mr. Sumatra comes across the street to run the Vipers off. Then the boys head over to Mr. Sumatra who tells them that when he was a police officer in Haiti, what he would have done is collected all the information he could about the gang and then handed that information over to a team of special investigators in the Tonton Makut. Oh, man. Damn. Now, the Tonton Makut is a secret paramilitary police force Created in 1959 by Haitian dictator Francois Papadoc Duvalier and continued by his son Jean-Claude Babydoc Duvalier as a way to purge the military and law enforcement of people who opposed the dictators. They were also used to silence citizen dissidents and were known for their brutality and terrorism and for assassinating anyone who opposed the Duvaliers. They were armed with guns and machete. Yeah, they were uh, uh, really, really bad dudes. Incredibly bad dudes. They were named after a folktale boogie monster who would kidnap unruly children, carry them off in a gunny sack, and eat them alive for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Haitians like to terrorize their kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That, that kind of detail in, in, in a like a weird little story like this kind of adds to the, the flavor, I think, a little bit. It's like, oh, damn. Like, if, if you yeah. didn't know what it was, you're like, oh, this is a stupid movie. But then you hear something like that, you're like, oh, shit, this guy's like, he's yeah, fucking this, man. Th there's going to be some dark shit going on. Which is weird, because tonally, this is like a kid's movie. But except it for, certainly like, is. Couple, it absolutely is a kid's movie. There's a couple of shit like, like that detail and there's a couple like things where it feels darker than it, it has a right to be yeah but if if you don't like really 
you know, if you just like gloss over that, you don't inspect it. It's like, oh, this is like a stupid kids movie. Why is it rated R? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to it. We're gonna find out why it's rated R. <laughs> Nightmare factory. Let's go. <laughs> Freddie says the cops in Haiti sound pretty scary. And Mr. Sumatra says, Yeah, they're definitely very scary. Oh, um, yeah. Because they were a dictator's murder squad. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sally is visiting Tommy at his dad's grocery store. She apologizes for Vinny's behavior the day before. You know, she says that Vinny had a bad home life. Well, Tommy isn't very forgiving and even calls in to question Sally's judgment for dating him. After she leaves, Tommy's dad comes in and says, do I detect girlfriend troubles? <laughs> no, no, I fucked that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sally's walking down the street and Vinny drives by with his friends in his station wagon. She's, he's trying to talk to her, but she's not interested in anything he's got to say. Vinny almost hits some pedestrians who were crossing the street. That's when Mr. Sumatra calls Sally over and asks if Vinny and his boys are bothering her. Uh, she says she can handle them, and she leaves. But Mr. Sumatra has other plans, and he takes out a jar of powder from a box that he keeps there in his newsstand. And he blows a handful of his magic dust towards Vinny's car, causing it to speed down the street out of control and crash into some trash cans. So Mr. Sumatra, in addition to being a cop, is a voodoo man. <laughs> that was great because he blew the dust and, and, and I saw it coming. You know, he pours the dust in his hands and I said, this better sparkle when he blows on it. And he blows on it, and there's sparkles all the way to the car. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I like I like how they did that shit, too. Like, the little floaty camera angle they did as it... Yeah. As you're like, you are the sparkling dust, and you hit the car, and then the car goes crazy. And yep. then, yeah, it shows them planted up against a tree with some trash cans outside of it. <laughs> well, that night, Tommy and his friends are in Tommy's bedroom. Tommy thinks they should stand up to Vinny. Uh, but Bill and Freddie, they're not quite so sure. Also, they need to head home. So they leave, and Tommy Tommy decides to flex for his Superman poster. <laughs> <laughs> you know, little kid flexing, where you pull your short sleeve up and show him your little uh, milk muscle. <laughs> <laughs> your Popeye spinach muscle. Down on the street, Sally calls to him. She climbs up the fire escape to talk to Tommy. She is out this late on a school night because she's an 18-year-old ninth grader, apparently. <laughs> um, but she says it's because her parents are fighting again and she didn't want to listen to it. Also, she broke up with Vinny because she likes Tommy now. And Tommy and Sally have their first kiss. Aww. Aww. Meanwhile, Bill and Freddie. They see Vinny and his gang stripping some old lady's car. So they duck behind a trash can and they call Tommy on their walkie-talkie. Uh, they tell Tommy that the Vipers are stripping old lady Wilson's car. So he grabs his video camera to get evidence against the Vipers. Sally tries to talk him out of it and says Vinny will kill him. But Tommy is determined. So Sally gives him a final kiss for good luck. 
and Tommy heads up to the roof to get the Vipers on videotape. Down on the street, Vinny leaves just before the police arrive, and they stop the rest of his gang, who are just walking down the street, minding their own business. Booger and Podowski said they had nothing to do with that stripped car, and that's when Tommy arrives with the instant replay. And the cop watches the video, then arrests Booger and Podowski and the rest of the gang. That's when we get to meet Big Mo for the very first time. Big Mo reminds me of the mob boss in Johnny Dangerously. Yeah, a lot of this kind of like, because like, it's what, filmed in the 90s, looks like the 80s, but feels like the 50s. Yes, that's that's really, really accurate. Like, they kind of like... She even talks like a 50s, like, mafia guy, but she looks like Burt Reynolds. Right. You know, from the King of Ball movies and shit. So, uh, yeah. Look here, Shay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Big Mo's, some men are unloading a stolen truck loaded with TVs. As the mother guys are shooting pool. Meanwhile, Mitzi brings Big Mo a drink and then lays across her desk as Vinny enters to tell her that all of his guys got arrested and he needs $3,000 to get him out of jail. Big Mo accuses Vinny of going soft, which she illustrates by grabbing his crotch. <laughs> Probably nothing more intimidating by, than having your balls grabbed by a giant lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> well, she tells Vinny to bring Tommy and his friends to her place and gives him the money to bail out his gang. Cut to Vinny picking the guys up from jail. They drive up to Tommy and his friends on the street, snatch him up and shove him into Vinny's station wagon and speed away. At Big Mo's headquarters, Vinny presents the kids and, and Freddie can't talk. <laughs> she has his name and he's just making the fish face and no noise comes out. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy decides, though, that he's going to be the tough guy, which causes Freddy to just pass the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only black guy in the room is losing it over these white people being stupid. <laughs> Two more guys arrive. They've got giant mailbags full of bet slips from their illegal numbers operation. And Mo tells Vinny, to tie the boys up in the storeroom in the back while she takes care of some business. In the storeroom, Tommy is trying to escape. He manages to get his wrists untied, and he goes to the door just in time to see Big Mo paying off the cops. Tommy's got a plan now. He is going to ruin Big Mo financially by stealing all of her bet slips. And then the boys escape through a window with the bet slips. And this was kind of dumb because... You know, they locked the boys in this room. And then for some reason, a couple of guys go to get the kids, but they can't open the door because it's locked. Yeah. What that the hell? I, I, I yeah. was wondering at myself, like, uh, I don't know. They, they got loose and then locked the door from the inside. That doesn't make sense. I, that, right. No. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Big Mo and her goons arrive at Vinny's apartment. Since the kids who stole her bet slips live in Vinny's territory, she wants Vinny to take care of the situation by recovering her bet slips and killing the kids. 
And that's when she starts pulling guns out of everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) She's got a big semi-automatic handgun. She's got a little revolver. And she's got a sawed-off shotgun. She wants this shit handled. So Vinnie Booger and Podowski are sitting in Vinnie's station wagon waiting for the kids to uh, to head home. The kids are walking down the sidewalk with giant bags full of bet slips. Uh, Vinny and his boys turn on their headlights and then just spotlight the kids. So they just freeze in the middle of the sidewalk. That's when Vinny and, and his friends get out and they shoot the kids down in the middle of the street, killing them. They grab the bags of bet slips and make their getaway. Vinny takes the bags back to Big Mo. And Mitzi starts to freak out when she thinks, when she hears um, Vinny say something about whacking the kid. So Mo has one of her guys take Mitzi home. Um, Vinny is just traumatized by killing these kids. He's never killed anybody before, and now he just killed three little kids. Mo tries to appease him by making her him her right-hand man in that neighborhood. And now his job is to collect protection money from all of the businesses in the area. Next morning, an ambulance is loading up the bodies as Sally tells Mr. Sumatra that Tommy and his friends were murdered. At the funeral for the boys, Mr. Sumatra is looking in all three of the caskets, all three families, one funeral. Why not? Yeah, I, I, I want to, uh, yeah. Uh, what's up with that? Did they get like a group on or something? <laughs> that doesn't seem right. It's just, who does that? Um, apparently, these guys do, because these families who have never met each other that we know of, and, well, Freddie, they just met him yesterday. Apparently, yeah, the, they're suddenly close enough that they're going to have just one funeral for all three of them. I mean, I understand, like, uh, joint weddings or something. There's a lot of joy and shit. Like, oh, everybody's getting married and shit. You know, that, that'd be cool. And, like, yeah, he saves the money, but, like, the... The funeral thing's just weird. Yeah. That night, a shadowy figure enters the mortuary. It's Mr. Sumatra, and he is opening the coffins for these three dead boys. He brought with him him a bag, and inside the bag is a bone saw. And he is going to get down to some voodoo shit. Back at Mr. Sumatra's condo, I thought it was an apartment, but he made it very clear later in the movie that it is a condo. (laughs) back at mr sumatra's condo he has a giant bubbling cauldron in his living room who doesn't he takes a seat and he's talking to the boys as he takes things that we can't see out of his bag and places them in this bubbling cauldron yeah (laughs) i don't know what he's got there i know what he got yeah it's in the title. <laughs> <laughs> Next morning, Sally is headed somewhere, and Vinny is waiting for her, dressed very nicely, because Big Mo said, you're working for me now. Get you some nice clothes. She sounded just like that. You did really good. Yeah. <laughs> you're working for me now, kid. <laughs> uh, fucking anyway. Uh, he wants to let Sally know that he's really sorry about what happened to Tommy. And he tells Sally that he's going to go straight. He's going to night school. He's going to get a business degree and steal a million dollars all legal like. <laughs> <The> American dream. 
That's when Mr. Sumatra walks past and Vinny says to Sally, what's wrong with that freak? And she's not happy with him calling Mr. Sumatra a freak. Heading into his apartment building, Mr. Sumatra is met by Mr. and Mrs. Berkowitz who are coming out. Mrs. Berkowitz is complaining that a terrible stench is coming from Mr. Sumatra's apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Sumatra blames it on the dead cat he has with him. (laughs) Right. It is the stiffest damn cat ever. (laughs) It's the stiffest cat since, well, since our last episode. (laughs) Oh, man. That cat works super stiff. I like how he sells it off. He's like, I'm sorry, ma'am. Uh, my cat's not feeling well. And he just he brings out a dead cat. Or it <laughs> falls out of his coat. And he picks yeah. it up and he just puts it in her face. And she's like, she has this weird look on her face. And he just like goes in the door. Yeah, he says that the the doctor of cats has predicted that the cat will recover soon. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor of cats. In his condo, the boys' heads are floating in the cauldron, and Mr. Sumatra adds the dead cat to the brew, along with a bunch of spices, like he's making some weird voodoo chili. Oh, my God. Those kids' faces in that pot is so so creepy. It's super creepy, yeah. He's got the mouths and eyes sewed shut, you know, just like the little shrunken head thing. It's it's, It's so realistic looking, though. It's just, yeah, it's creepy. Yeah, it's a really good, really good uh, prop. Mr. Sumatra is dressed in his voodoo priest costume as he prepares the shrunken heads to awaken. He incants in a spell that invokes the names of, of Haile Selassie, the former emperor of Ethiopia, who was considered by the Rastafarians to be the return of the Messiah. Yeah. And the Haitian dictators, the Duvaliers, and the Tonton Makut. And lightning flashes, and Tommy's head wakes up. Mr. Sumatra says that Tommy is a fuse ball, which is very rare, and he can control lightning. Bill, Bill doesn't want to wake up, so Mr. Sumatra feeds him Wizzo jelly beans, and that wakes him up. Kind of slobbery and disgusting. But it wakes him up. <laughs> yeah, that chewing up scene is gross, dude. It is seriously gross, yeah. And then Tommy zaps Freddy with a bolt of lightning that wakes him up, too. And the three heads are sitting on top of soup cans because you work with what you got. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the boys are not at all thrilled about being shrunken heads. And Mr. Sumatra tells them that they will have the power to soar through the heavens. Bill says, uh, what are you going to do, whack us around with golf clubs? <laughs> but no, he doesn't need to, because the boys have superpowers now. They just need to find them. So Mr. Sumatra picks them up and throws them up into the air to teach them how to fly. And after a whole bunch of frightened shouting, the boys learn to use their powers to fly. In addition to Tommy zapping people, Bill drinks blood like a vampire, which he immediately does by biting into a mannequin's neck and drinking mannequin blood? Yeah, it's stupid. It's like training <laughs> dummies. It's the training montage in these movies, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, the I see where you shoot the lightning bolt at the head and stuff right. and learning to... But yeah, biting blood of a mannequin is a little fucking weird. And Freddy, poor Freddy. 
Freddy has the lamest superpower of all. He holds a switchblade knife in his teeth. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just the, you you remember that Todd Browning movie, Freaks? Oh, I love that movie. (laughs) When they're going after the 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 woman who is is uh you know sold out the midget or whatever um, yeah exactly the one g- they're all going after her and it's raining and stuff yeah and there's the the guy with no arms and no legs the with a knife woman. in his teeth yeah <laughs> he's on the ground squirming around he's going after her too that's what this reminded me yeah. of uh-huh. yeah no <laughs> yeah no it's- Pretty much what it is. Yeah. I love that movie. It's a great movie. Todd Browning is the fucking weirdest guy ever. <laughs> uh, before he was a director, he was like a carny. And his job was he was the guy that got buried alive. Like he paid a nickel to see him yeah. get buried like on a Sunday. And then like he'd come back out of it Monday morning or some shit. Oh, God. And he was just he would just stay in a box with a fan and like uh eat like uh raisinets and just <laughs> read a book <laughs> then he goes and directs you no know, dracula and he's a fucking hollywood madman yeah well one year has passed apparently that's how long it took the boys to get their powers uh mastered booger and Podowski are collecting protection money from tommy's dad now Meanwhile, at Vinny's apartment, the guys show up with the protection money. Everybody in the neighborhood is paying them for protection, except Mr. Sumatra. Now, we watch Sopranos. Yeah. We know if a guy was putting off paying protection money for two weeks, he'd have a serious accident. But Mr. Sumatra has put these guys off for a whole year now. These are not very good mobsters. No. I don't know. Hell, one of them guys named Booger, man. Of course, his name is Booger. Yeah. yeah. The other one's named Pud. <laughs> I'm not even getting into that one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Back at his condo, Mr. Sumatra lets the flying heads out of their box. He sends them out into the night to get their revenge. And, you know, the boys were just the boys a year ago. And now. Now they're brainwashed zombie heads. Mr. Sumatra is no longer Mr. Sumatra. He is the master. (laughs) Well, they fly out over the city at night. In an alley, a couple of guys are attempting to assault a woman. She gets one of them with pepper spray and tries to get away, but they catch her. So the shrunken heads show up to the rescue. Oh, man. Tommy with his lightning, Bill with his fangs, and Freddy with a switchblade in his teeth. They fly into the alley, and Freddy cuts one guy's throat. Then Bill does his yuck, 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 toward the <laughs> other one and just chomped him on his neck. It's fucked up. All right, it's like when, before the guy even gets his neck, like, sliced open, they're, like, assaulting her, right? And the chick, she's, like, She's in peril, but then all of a sudden she looks down the alleyway and sees three floating heads, miniature floating heads coming at her. And she's like, what the fuck? And then all of a sudden, dude's neck just explodes open. Yep. And then the other dude, you know, he's like standing there looking, what the fuck's going on? And then, yeah, out of nowhere, chompers on his neck. And then he gets electrocuted <laughs> like a cartoon. Yeah. It's the most. But when Bill went after him with those fangs. He's just doing the yeah, 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 yeah. It's fucking weird. 
it's a fucking Elfman film. Yeah, the <laughs> tone is all over the place. Everything feels wrong, but it's so right. <laughs> well, they've taken care of that, so they're flying back over the city. And they're talking about a change that happens faster after each kill as they nurture their hate. These are not those three nice boys that we... Tommy tells the others to wait for him to return, and he flies off on his own. He heads through the street to Sally's apartment, where he just flies through her bedroom window to watch her sleep. You know, like normal boys do. (coughs) Creep. She's got a picture of Tommy beside her bed and a heart-shaped necklace given to her by Vinny. Well, Tommy sees the necklace, and he's all heartbroken and just leaves before Sally wakes up. He rejoins the other boys and tells them there is nothing left for them in this world but revenge and heads back to Mr. Sumatra when Mr. Sumatra blows his ram's horn and calls the boys back. He asks if they accomplished their deed. He says they found the evildoers who will do evil no more. Meanwhile, the two men the boys killed, well, they wake up as zombies. One of them says, we really fucked up this time. And then the two (laughs) zombies start picking up trash. Oh, my God. Cut to Sally at home. She is reading and listening to a news report about a mystery illness that is only afflicting criminals. (laughs) and causes them to shuffle around, shit themselves, and pick up litter. Wow. (laughs) Uh, That's when her phone rings. It's Vinny. He's still pretending he's in night school. Uh, Then he invites Sally out to a movie later. Booger wants to know which movie they're going to, and Vinny wants him to take care of getting Sumatra to pay the protection money. And he just lays into Booger for being inept. After he sends Booger off, Mo walks up behind Vinny and grabs his ass. And this must have been improvised because in the background, Mitzi is trying really hard to keep from laughing. <laughs> well, Booger and Podowski meet Mr. visit Mr. Sumatra. They want him to start paying protection and he's not going to do it. And I said, who do you think you are? And he says, I'm the guy. Who's going to cut out your tongue with bolt cutters and roast them. Then take out their brains and chill them to be used as a garnish. Damn. He's a fucking psycho. A little bit. Yeah, nah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, Booger and Podowski are freaked the fuck out too. And then Mr. Sumatra's eyes start glowing red causing Booger and Podowski to panic and run away. Sumatra takes out the box, because who doesn't keep a box of shrunken heads in their newsstand? If I had a newsstand, I'd have a box of shrunken heads. Yeah, man. Dude, you know how much you can get for a shrunken head? (laughs) I know how much I'd be willing to pay for a shrunken head. Exactly, and that's why he keeps them. (laughs) Well, he sends the boys the shrunken heads after Booger and Podowski. Booger and Podowski, they head back to Booger's apartment. Uh, Podowski, he wants to stay there because his mom won't let him in the house because he scares her. So inside the apartment, Pud is watching TV while Booger takes a shower. And the heads arrive, fly into the bathroom, where Freddy pulls back the curtain and cuts Booger's throat. (laughs) Then Tommy electrocutes. Pud is out there watching TV. 
oblivious to all of this, he is watching the 1993 sci-fi action film Robot Wars, directed by Albert Band and written by Charles Band and Jackson Barr as Booger dies in the shower. <laughs> That's a good movie. That was one I actually want to go see just to see it. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, it's Charles Band movie, so. Yeah, that's true. Used to be a, <laughs> there was a Japanese TV show in the 60s that got dubbed into English and shown on Saturday mornings in the 70s called, forget what it was called now, something Giants. Uh, it's about these robots that lived in a volcano with an old man named Methuselah. And the robots could turn into space giants. That's what it was called. They could turn into rockets and fly over Tokyo. That sounds the most Japanese thing I've ever heard. <laughs> well, they made friends with a little boy, too. Um, of course they yeah. did. <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> it's all on YouTube. I got to check that out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Space giant. That one that they, that dude's watching, that one and robot jocks, I remember. Both of them are like, in productions and it's right. it's just dudes and like giant robots fighting wars of course robot yeah. jocks is a little bit cooler because they're like i don't know it's like there's no more wars instead everybody's like uh, american gladiators and robots that's how they yeah like conflict yeah robot jocks is kind of like uh neon genesis evangelion where they got the kids yeah. in the giant robots oh yeah uh I've never seen that because I have some friends that have seen it and they, they're really weird. So I'm, I'm afraid to watch it. <laughs> you know well, I, mean? I mean, they're not weird because of the cartoon. They watch the cartoon because they're weird. Yeah, no, nah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just, it's like a cult. I've, I've had friends trying to explain it to me. I'm like, I, I just don't yeah. get it. I mean, I like robots too, but shit, you know, you know, they got like fucking Robotech over here. <laughs> <laughs> Vinny is on his date with Sally and he's trying to get some in the back seat but Sally is not giving it up so Vinny does what Vinny's gonna do he kicks Sally out of the car and tells her to walk home and she's just fine with that meanwhile Podowski fell asleep watching TV and the shower is still running Booger has been in there for three hours Podowski goes in there and turns the water off and that's when he finds Podowski with his throat cut He's a zombie now, and Booger gets up out of the shower, grabs Podowski around the throat, and holds him while Tommy zaps him. So they got two of the three now. Two of the three ain't bad. That's right. Meanwhile, Vinny heads over to Sumatra's apartment building. He's down on the street blowing the horn and hollering for Sumatra. He's got a much nicer car than he had a year ago. Yeah, it was like a station wagon. Now it's like a coupe or some shit. Yeah. He's looking for Booger and Podowski, and he knows they came over here because he told them. Uh, Sumatra says they're in the alley, suffering the torments of hell. So Vinny goes into the alley to find him. They are weeding a garden and shitting their pants. <laughs> Every time you see a zombie, it's lots of fart noises now. Yeah, no. It's like uh, they just, they changed their diet to like uh, kale, and like they just started doing community service 24-7. <laughs> Well, Booger walks up to Vinny and he says, Mr. Sumatra wants to see him now. And Booger's mouth is full of giant maggot. Benny, Vinny runs away trying not to puke. 
Meanwhile, Sally made it back home and she heads to bed. Next day, she visits Tommy's grave. She regrets not telling Tommy that she loves him. That's when Tommy's shrunken head flies up behind her and scares the shit out of her. <laughs> you did. Yeah, no, that's funny as fuck. She, she goes from like <laughs> solemn looking down at the grave and like, oh man, you know, and then to all of a sudden like lying on the ground, staring up in total abject horror. Like just, ah! Yeah. Tommy just knocks her out with this little green zap. Not quite lightning. Not sure what it is. More like an Aquaman thing. And he explains how Mr. Sumatra cut off their heads and shrunk them to reanimate them to so that they could get revenge on Vinny and his gang. Sally wakes up and she is no longer afraid of Tommy. Tommy says he wants to be close to her. And she says, how? And he says, I'll show you. And he climbs right up her shirt. I've never been a teenage girl, but I imagine a shrunken head crawling up between my boobs would scare the shit out of me, too. Yeah, <laughs> especially, if it, you know, there's there like no consent there. It was just like, I'll no show consent. you. No consent. It just go here. Ba-bam. Honk, honk. Now, they, they cut that scene out of a lot of the, because like uh, they re-edited this and re-released it as a kid's movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, so you would like have to take versions. that out. There's a couple versions of it, you know, that are different. But yeah, no, it's, it's fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, she is completely freaked out and Tommy leaves. Sally goes to see Mr. Sumatra. She wants to see Tommy. She storms into his apartment and tells him about her encounter with Tommy at the cemetery. Sumatra tells her that Vinny and his crew really did kill Tommy and his friends she wants to know why sumatra didn't warn her about Vinny, and sumatra explains that it was because wholesome young teenage girls love assholes <laughs> dude is not pulling any punches is he none and he's right <laughs> well then sumatra shows sally the shrunken heads of tommy and bill and freddie he says they are no longer human. They only want revenge now. That's when Tommy flies over to Sally and says he knows he disgusts her. She has changed her mind about Tommy, though. She said that she was just surprised by him. So she unbuttons her blouse so that he can snuggle up against her boobs. And Mr. Sumatra is going to leave to give him some privacy. Yeah, that's just totally awkward. Super awkward. Cut to Vinny at his apartment. He is on the lookout for Booger and Pud, who uh, just scared the crap out of him. He's got a gun, and he falls asleep sitting on the floor with the gun in his hand. An hour later, Booger and Pud arrive, crapping their pants, lots of fart noises, and they grab Vinny and try to take him to Mr. Sumatra. Vinny runs out into the street, followed by the zombies. He is freaking out and asks Mr. Sumatra to call the zombies off, and that's when the shrunken heads arrive. Back at Mr. Sumatra's, Sally asks if Mr. Sumatra's Blues Brothers suit is really the uniform of the Tauntaun Makut. <laughs> he is uh, planning to settle everything tonight, he says, and he is stirring his cauldron for Vinny and Big Mo. Sally wants to help, and that's when Mr. Sumatra tells her that they're going to go kill people. Are you sure? 
But first, he asks, in probably the crudest way possible, if Sally is still a virgin, because only a virgin can complete the spell. Actually, he says only a woman who has never had a male member inside her can complete this. Man, like I love Full Moon because they're willing to go out on a limb and do weird, crazy movies. They go know? out on some gross limbs sometimes, though. I also hate Full Moon because they'll go out on a limb and make like push the <laughs> movie. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. It's a double-edged sword. Then Mr. Sumatra sends Sally into his bedroom to go into his closet and find the dress that he has in there and put it on. Red flag right here. What, what's going on? What is this about? <laughs> Sally returns wearing a flowing white gown, and then Mr. Sumatra blows the horn to call the flying head, the, the boy's heads back. At their headquarters, Big Mo is giving Mitzi a new necklace when Vinny storms in yelling that Booger and Pud are dead and the shrunken heads are coming for him. What now? Yeah. The lights flicker and Vinny knows the boys are there to get him. And Big Mo has her goons drag Vinny away. That's when Mr. Sumatra appears at the door and shoots the guy who opened the door right in the head. <laughs> he is here to take Vinny and Big Mo to his condo for zombification. And the zombie crew file in and start taking out Big Mo's guards. Now, Mitzi's hiding under the pool table throughout all of this. There's a whole bunch of fighting here. Actually, it's guys laying on the sofa while people in zombie makeup kind of stand on them. Yeah, it's, it's a fucking mess. Uh, they do all that. And they keep on cutting back to the, the old guy. He's just like the old guy's laughing his ass off in the corner. And uh, it's, it's a total like just you can't really tell what's going on because there's so many zombies and it looks like there's an action sequence, but there's not an action. sequence. No, there's not an action sequence at all. There are some people doing some stuff during a whole bunch of super quick uh, takes, super quick cut. And yeah, not a lot going on at all. But the old guy is just laughing his ass off in the corner. That, that, that's when Sally enters with the heads spinning around over her head. And Vinny tells Sally to call all this off, but it is too late. That's when Big Mo shoots Mr. Sumatra and takes Sally hostage. And they're going to make their escape with Vinny and Mitzi. But Sumatra isn't dead and the zombies pick him up and load him into his car. <laughs> as much as these zombies crap their pants, I wouldn't let them in my car. But Mr. Sumatra, he's cool with it. Yeah. Well, there's a car chase through the night. Uh, Vinny, and Vinny and Big Mo and Mitzi and Sally are in one car. Mr. Sumatra and the zombies are in another car. Vinny pulls up behind a church bus for the Temple of the Apocalypse. <laughs> the bus driver is drinking heavily from a brown paper bag as he drives the bus. On the bus, the cult leader is preaching about the end of time end of times. As Vinny swerves around the bus, he kind of clips him a little bit, sending the bus flying off the bridge and into the river, supposedly killing everyone inside. <laughs> That's the end of the Church of the Apocalypse. They're they're That's gone. 
Uh, the chase continues as Sally nags Vinny and Mitzi nags Big Mo. This is the worst car trip ever. Yeah. Mr. Sumatra catches up and sends the heads after Vinny. Freddy has his switchblade, and he is very slowly cutting through one of the tires. I love that scene, though. I don't know how they fucking did that. It's a puppet head just there with the tire spinning, and he's like, yeah, slowly like trying to race. I mean, you should have just punctured the damn thing, but right, it does look weird. And it's cool. like he's trying to grind the tread off the tire. Yeah. Mo tries to shoot Freddy, but Bill flies up and chomps her arm. She beats Bill off, then blasts him out of the sky with the sawed-off shotgun. She points the shotgun at Freddy, and Freddy tries to back away, ends up getting run over by the tire he was trying to cut in the first place. So that's two down. Uh, Tommy says, <laughs> watch me, Sally, watch me, Sally. And he goes flying straight at the car, crashes through the windshield, right into Vinny's mouth. The yeah. only thing sticking out is his little... Ponytail, top knot, top knot yeah, thing. No. Oh, it's fucked up. <laughs> he's all like electrically charged and shit. He's doing his little superpower and shit. And then he just like flies through the window and immediately chokes a guy and he goes in his mouth. Yep. <laughs> well, Vinny crashes the car as Sumatra and his zombies catch up. Vinny gets out of the car. He's choking on the shrunken head while being electrocuted and shitting himself. Amazing. He's an incredibly versatile actor. I've never seen that in another movie. I can honestly say that. <laughs> As the zombies help Sumatra out of his car, Big Mo gets out holding a gun to Sally's head. Big Mo wants to make a deal. She doesn't want to be turned into a zombie. And Sumatra says that being turned into a zombie isn't what's going to happen to her. Because these guys, they can only walk the earth for a short period of time before turning into a brown liquid, shitting themselves. Yeah. He has something more permanent in mind for her. Well, she's going to kill Sally, but that's when Mitzi runs up and grabs her arm, trying to wrestle the gun away from her. And Tommy zaps Big Mo. And they are going to take Vinny and Big Mo back to Sumatra's condo. They have, they've also, Sumatra also says he's got healing powders at his condo. So they get him back there. He'll be fine. Mitzi, Mitzi's free to go as long as she doesn't tell anybody what she saw. And she said, well, don't worry about that. Who's going to believe this shit? <laughs> <laughs> On their way back to Sumatra's condo, Sally stops and picks up Bill and Freddy's heads on the way back. Morning has come and they're at Sumatra's condo. Mr. Sumatra is perfectly healed now. Vinny is wrapped up head to toe in gauze. Don't know why. Sally. Sally puts the heads in their box. She is the new high priestess and will care for them. And she stands over the cauldron reading a spell. Fade to the city at night. And Sally standing on a balcony looking over the city. The boys' heads float in front of her for a moment and then fly off. And roll credit. And you want to stay for the credits. All of the credits. Because at the very end of the credits, Mitzi has a new girlfriend. <laughs> it's another very large, very masculine woman because Mitzi definitely has a type. And they're talking when they walk up on zombie Big Mo and zombie Vinny scrubbing graffiti off of a brick wall with toothbrushes. <laughs> 
And zombie Big Mo turns around. Her mouth is sewn shut. So she kind of mumbles when she talks. And she says, hey, Mitzi. And Mitzi screams. And then the movie's over. (laughs) (laughs) Just total silliness. Oh, yeah. Much like a lot of the movies that we've we've talked about, it tries to go in a direction or it makes you think it's going in a direction and never fucking gets there. No, um, they, they sell you a promise and never deliver. Yes, yes. But it is a funny movie. Oh, yeah. And just original. Like, people complain about originality in movies and shit. Like, right. They always were making shit, but. I guarantee you, nobody will remake this movie. Uh, I I I never say never, man. (laughs) If I won the lottery tomorrow, man, I'm putting this shit. I'm greenlighting this thing. (laughs) Oh God! Get Belvedere Cucumber Patch to play Tommy. Oh man, that'd be perfect. (laughs) Doesn't matter how you mispronounce that man's name. Everybody knows who you're talking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. What a mess this movie turned out to be. But it was fun. It was a fun ride. Yeah. All right, man. I think that's a podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry about that, too, man. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this podcast. We had a lot of fun making it. Be sure to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you hear us. You can follow CDF Pod on Facebook and Instagram or at CDF underscore pod on Twitter. You can also visit our website at cdfpod.com. And don't forget you can help us make donations to film schools all across the country by going to patreon.com slash cdfpod. Join us next time as we explore another movie so awesome it probably shouldn't have been made.